You are listening to Learn Out Loud's Art History Podcast. Each episode provides thoughtful analysis of the enduring artistic masterpieces that have become a hallmark of Western culture. For a full listing of the podcast released by Learn Out Loud, please visit us at www.learnoutloud.com slash podcast. St. Cecilia, painted by Raphael in 1514. From Letters from Italy by Percy Bysshe Shelley. I have seen a quantity of things here. Churches, palaces, statues, fountains and pictures, and my brain is at this moment like a portfolio of an architect, or a print shop, or a commonplace book. I will try to recollect something of what I have seen, for indeed it requires, if it will obey, an act of volition. First we went to the cathedral, which contains nothing remarkable, except a kind of shrine, or rather a marble canopy, loaded with sculptures and supported on four marble columns. We went then to a palace, I'm sure I forget the name of it, where we saw a large gallery of pictures. Of course, in a picture gallery you see three hundred pictures you forget for one you remember. I remember, however, an interesting picture by Guido, of the rape of Proserpine, in which Proserpine casts back her languid and half-unwilling eyes, as it were, to the flowers she had left ungathered in the fields of Enna. We saw, besides, one picture of Raphael, Saint Cecilia. This is in another higher style. You forget that it is a picture as you look at it, and yet it is most unlike any of those things which we call reality. It is of the inspired and ideal kind, and seems to have been conceived and executed in a similar state of feeling to that which produced among the ancients those perfect specimens of poetry and sculpture, which are the baffling models of succeeding generations. There is a unity and a perfection in it of an incommunicable kind. The central figure, St. Cecilia, seems wrapped in such inspiration as produced her image in the painter's mind. Her deep, dark, eloquent eyes lifted up, her chestnut hair flung back from her forehead. She holds an organ in her hands, her countenance, as it were, calmed by the depth of its passion and rapture, and penetrated throughout with the warm and radiant light of life. She is listening to the music of heaven, and, as I imagine, has just ceased to sing for the four figures that surround her evidently point by their attitudes towards her, particularly St. John, who with a tender yet impassioned gesture bends his countenance towards her, languid with the depth of his emotion. At her feet lie various instruments of music, broken and unstrung. Of the colouring I do not speak. It eclipses nature, yet has all her truth and softness.' 